I am Jason Wasser, marriage and family therapist and entrepreneurial coach. And I am a huge fan of my buddy Pablo, who I met this past summer at Podcast Movement. And if you want to spend time and learn from someone who helps other people bring out their genuineness and their authenticity, both through networking and marketing, not only do you need to listen to this podcast, but you need to become friends with him like I did because then I get to, in my own way, selfishly milk all the awesomeness that he brings to the table. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google, and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your Chief Executive Connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector podcast. I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. And with me today is a very special fella in my heart. He is somebody that I made friends with in a conference uh, last year, about late summer. Have grown really, really close to because he is this warm, smart, empathetic guy that is a therapist so he's giving me (laughs) he's he's my friend he's a therapist he's an entrepreneur coach he's a neuro emotional technique practitioner he was my co-host in my first ever how i show up retreat that we did together my good buddy jason wasser jason give me a give me a zero to ten on that intro right there that was probably a 12 and I'm formally going to hire you to um, have you redo my dating profile. Mm, that sounds so, good. I think I a, can work with that. Was that. A, that was probably the best intro I've ever gotten. And, and it's an incredible honor to be spending time with you. I know um, right since we met last summer, right at, uh, at the podcast conference, it's just been this incredible ride and I'm honored to be your partner in some of these projects and the community and the friends that we've been making through this, including our friendship has been an incredible blessing. So, Agreed, man. Incredible blessing. You are a super woke dude with a really good um, taste in music. And I like that about you, man. So listen, my one of my big theses is, is that people connect the quickest through either shared vulnerability or adding value to each other's lives. And we're going to get into all your genius. Um, so you're going to give a bunch of value, but let's start with the vulnerability part, man. What are you, what are you struggling with these days? So my biggest struggle right now is within the last, since we saw each other the weekend that we hosted the retreat, I had to within 24 hours pivot my entire business to fully online. 
And one of the things that I'm most passionate about, which we're going to get into, is the uh, modality neuroemotional technique in which I need to be in person to uh, see the client, to help them through uh, whatever particular issue they're coming in to solve um, versus the traditional talk therapy modality, which I'm licensed and, and trained in. Uh, but that was the new, you know, the tool that I've added onto my toolbox that has been incredibly helpful. And I think the vulnerability of my struggle professionally is, am I able to help my clients a hundred percent in the way that I've been for the last couple of years? If that tool is not able to be utilized with them, so I've been struggling and doing a dance around being fully present, doubting my without doubting my abilities to do what I need to do while being present with them, doing the traditional talk therapy versus this integrative mind-body modality. So you are struggling with self-talk when you are trying to help somebody thinking that you are not able to help them all the way because you've been forced into this new way of communications and then, and then that is like a feeding loop. Yeah, and it makes sense because my own journey into the world of NET was because um, around 2010, 2011, I was going through significant panic attacks out of the blue. Um, I got divorced around that time and, uh, you know, the anxiety and the stress and the worry of everything going on financially and emotionally and spiritually um, really took its toll on me. And the only thing that did help it at that time was when I stumbled upon NET. And I did, you know, psychiatry, which I wasn't into, but I'm like, uh, nothing else is working. Acupuncture didn't work for me and massage didn't work and meditation didn't work. And, um, and even the, you know, light anxiety medication didn't work. And when I stumbled upon NET, that within three sessions, like panic attacks were gone. And a month later, I took my first training. So it's now interesting to see this many years later, right? 10, 10 years later, nine years later, that, I'm now struggling with not being able to help my clients with the stuff that I went through fully the way. So I felt a little bit limited in my capacity over the last couple of weeks, but we're finding why we're, we're finding creative ways to, to utilize um, different offshoots of NET. Um, one is called the first aid stress tool, which we'll talk about as a, as an intervention that everybody who's listening can do at home uh, without working with a practitioner. And um, so it's been working and, you know, we're getting creative. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be tough. All right. So let's, uh, you're, you're talking about NET right now. Can you, can you describe what NET is? Sure. So neuroemotional technique was created about 30-ish years ago by Dr. Scott Walker. He's a chiropractor out in California and he found that chronic injuries, especially if you're going into a chiropractor and if anybody out there who's listening has been to a chiropractor, usually that like treatment protocol will be like you come two, three times a week until, you know, the first couple of weeks. Um, and then eventually, hopefully, your body will heal, but heal because you're recreating, um, you know, nervous system resonance. It's probably the best way I can put it, right? Your nervous system is getting back in alignment; it's reconnecting with itself, and uh, you're healing the, the 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 actual pain points or the injury points. But Dr. Walker found that there was an emotional component going on, and when the person relives an emotional component, they have a physiology, a memory response in their body that sends biochemical physical uh, biochemical responses through their nervous system. So his theory was, if you heal the trauma, right, the emotional memory, will that send a cascade of right reverse engineering the problem and cause your body to go more into self-healing? And that's what he found. So he created this protocol around it to help identifying unresolved responses that cause fight or flight nervous system response that pull us into physical or emotional distress. Okay. So I wanted that to be... 
explained to people and you explained it in a very, um, how do you say, educated way. Yes. <laughs> a lot of big so, words. So let's break it down even more, right? Because that's the science, right? If I was to use a science word. So basically we go into fight or flight self-sabotage, right? And when people are thinking like, I want to accomplish something, I want to be okay with something, sometimes in our nervous system, we have a non-conscious block from something that happened many years ago that may have nothing to do with what's going on now. But our, rept, uh, our mammalian brain, our brain has three parts, uh, but the mammalian part of our brain, which is dealing with unconscious old memory, and it's when we think about an old memory, it triggers us to feel something today. When we have that imbalance or our body, our brain is out of whack, so to speak, in a playful way, we're going to go into fight or flight. So this technique helps solve those fight or flight responses around something you want to be okay with. And we get you to a state of more neutral so you can be proactive instead of reactive. So that, you know, that term self-sabotage, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep having money issues or relationship issues? Or why does that person keep triggering me? We can find out why very quickly and reset your response to that. Very interesting. So I was going to say that for me, I became familiar with this topic because my wife, who is a survivor of um, uh, sexual trauma, is was reading at one point. You know, she she's been through all these different iterations of therapy and all these different things, right. and then she found a therapist that used movement and and art and creativity to help her, and that got her. That started helping her at, like at another level, and then at some point she started reading this book called "The Body Keeps the Score" and started telling me about it. And I think I met you like two weeks later and we're like talking all of a sudden you're off talking to Roman. And all of a sudden I look out the corner of my eye, Roman's like standing on one leg, like doing the scarecrow and you're like punching him in the, in the kidney or something like, I don't know. It looked, it looked like that's what was going yeah. on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but anyways, Poor Roman. Poor Roman. <laughs> I, I say this to say that it all sounds, you know, like, like it, it all makes a lot of sense when it gets described of when you have these early moments, memories before you develop language, your body's memory is like, how do I store this thing? Yeah. And it, they don't store it as a, a story, like the way that we store memories now, because we have language, but at a certain point, your body was storing things in, well, it made me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you are now linking that the same way that we can link memories, you can, you can link physical reactions to things to a trauma that happened. Is that kind of, right. is that, that's how I understand Yeah. And I'll, t- and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it to a next level of conciseness, right? So going back to the three brain, triune brain theory, which will really uh, drive it home, your neocortex is your rational brain. That's the part of your brain that makes, puts things into context categories, boxes, right? This makes sense. This doesn't make sense. I get that. I don't get that, right? Those type of things. It's, it's the understanding of purposeful language and meaning and stuff like that. So that's your rational brain. So when you're doing talk therapy, you're really doing just rational brain to rational brain. How does this make sense to you? How do you understand that, right? Boxes. So you're really working from the neck up, right? If you really want to look at it as an image, right? You're not embodied in that conversation. It's the, you know, how do I talk my way out of a paper bag? paradigm. But when you're really dealing with the three brain and neurology and and stress and the cascade of physiology, you have to really take into consideration the other two parts of the brain, which is the mammalian and the reptilian brain. The mammalian brain, as I mentioned a moment ago, is that timeless memory. What it felt like then 
your, you will feel exactly now as it felt then, whatever it is. And if something is similar to that, right, it'll, it'll sync together. That triggers the reptilian brain, which is your fight or flight survival instincts. So heart rate, breathing, right? Reproduction, stress cascades. Um, so if those three parts of your brain aren't in sync, you're going to be in what, we, what I would call an emotional allergy to something. So when we're using NET, we're resyncing the three parts of your brain up. That controls that flooding, that cascade, that, that neurological hijacking. So using this modality, Dr. Walker used uh, kinesiology, neurological muscle testing with Chinese medicine meridian points to find out not only if there is something that's going on, but where and how is it being stored in the body. And we talked a little bit about this, um, and, you, and you witnessed it and experienced it when we were together last, but each of the pulse points um, that are connected to the meridians correspond to different body organs, and each of those body organs correspond to different sets of emotions. Mm-hmm. So you can have predisposed emotional dispositions that are connected to that, that will show up in many parts of a person's life or very specifically in that experience that they're facing now but we can use that as a diagnostic tool to really get underneath. Intellectually, you might say, well, it's this, but your somatic experience is saying, no, it's actually resentment. It's not whatever, you know? And we can really pinpoint it and then find an original memory and then kind of yank that out. So it's like, um, it's like reverse engineering Django. We want to find the right piece, so the whole thing falls. Very cool, man. Very interesting. Speaking of that, there is things that you like put out, I've seen you put out stuff on the internet of like stress reduction and things that are like really, really practical. Is there, is there anything that, is there like a stress technique or anxiety relief technique that comes from that or, or, or something sure. that, that, that you can give people to, you know, if they're, if they're having some kind of response? Yeah. So one of the things is when you're not working with a practitioner, you can't always figure out and pinpoint exactly what it is. But when we do the, that nervous system reset, the correction stage of this modality, you're really tapping into the pulse points and to your uh, emotion points were actually across your forehead. So like, you know, like that, like cartoonish version of like when someone's exaggerating that they're going through an experience and they're like, oh my gosh. And they like put their hand on their forehead, right? That's actually emotion points. In, in, in Chinese medicine, exactly, just like that. So, um, so what we do is we have um, our clients find the actual meridian that we're working with in session, and then we have them cup their forehead and relive that response. When you're home and you're not around a practitioner, especially with what's going on today with, with the pandemic, um, there's something called the first aid stress tool. And what you're doing in that is that you're finding whatever's bothering with you. You're not trying to necessarily pinpoint the actual specific emotion, but just experiencing what it feels like. And then rate it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like obviously the most intense, one being the least intense. And then what you would do is you would wrap your hand, one hand under the other, uh, with your palm up. You can hook your hand basically under. And like you're playing guitar on your hand, you're gonna find the soft spot between the bone and the cartilage from the flex of your wrist. And you're going to do one, two, three. So basically you would hook under at the flex of your wrist between that bone and the cartilage under the side of your thumb, and then pop that up on your forehead and take some nice deep breaths, five, six, seven, you know, 10 breaths, focusing on that feeling, focusing on the thought, maybe even noticing where you feel it in your body when you're thinking about it and then switch hands and do it on the other side Uh, on my website, uh, which we'll give the link to uh, the first aid stress tools listed on the, on the, on the homepage. And that'll awesome. be there. There's a worksheet there and a video. So that's awesome. That's super useful. So now you don't have those, you don't have access to those modalities. You know, you, you obviously can teach people stress release tools, but you can't do that in person. Correct. Um, 
and you've been forced to move on to online therapy. How was, you know, that's kind of entrepreneurship, right? Like all of a sudden mm-hmm. business model changes, right? Yeah. How is, uh, how, huh? Overnight. 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 Yeah. So how's that going? So I'm loving it. And it's interesting because I'm in a few uh, groups, Facebook groups with therapists who are private practice uh, therapists. And some people are like, I can't wait to get back in the office. It's so emotionally draining. There's a limbic uh, uh, dissonance, meaning like their brain feels like they're there in person with someone because they're seeing their face, but energetically, it feels like it's more energy for them. And I'm obviously, everybody's having their own experiences through this. I'm just happy that I was able to still be present fully for my clients without any interruption. And it a lot of people out there, are. I just heard from a friend today and she's like, well, my therapist isn't doing it. So I'm only getting like three minute check-ins with her on the phone. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And she's like, well, my therapist isn't really good at technology. I'm like, what do you do? Right. What, what do I say to this person who has been with this per- therapist for five years and has a relationship and the therapist isn't going out of their way to step up and do the research and spend an hour on their, you know, on their practice to take care of their clients at that level. So I'm so glad. And you and I were together that weekend that within like the span of two hours, I emailed all my clients. I set up my zoom chat room. I set up all the settings. I tested it with, with right. Two of our friends with right that were there and to make sure that someone can't jump in at the same time to make sure all the privacy protocols were there. And I didn't give my clients an option. Like I'm hearing other people like, Oh, well, if you want to do this, I'm doing it. I'm like, no, no, no. The practice exists. And we're down. We're now doing this online. And there wasn't an option. And 98% of my clients continued on. So I only lost one client, really, two clients. Um, and they'll come back. So, um, so it was a transition. It is, it's tough because you want to, right, you want to give the hug. You want to, you know, even though there's that whole thing of like therapist and boundaries and whatever, like, you know, my, my, my clients are huggers mostly. And um is that your is that your secret weapon? You just you're the, the, you're the, the hugging hug therapist, session. man. I see. Now. Yeah, I got a hug right? from you. I get it. Hey, listen, it happens more often than you <laughs> think. I know there's that old school mentality, but I think like uh, the the mentality of like what you need to do to get clients and marketing. Talking about the pivot, right, and, and making this much more of a macro topic is that all of the rules about business is going out. The ethics aren't going out the door, but how you market and brand and how you need to get in front of people radically changed in the last month. And this in the last be, month in the therapist industry, how you're marketing? I would say in every industry, but right. even more so, right? I'm doing webinars and I'm doing 20-minute um, check-in calls for people in social media, right? Our, our social media community and stuff like that through the BYLR community, you know? Um, and, and not only that, but I'm offering like, hey, do you want a free coaching session in exchange for being on my podcast, right? I'm trying to create as much value that, that I can use because- you don't know what it's like to work with a therapist unless you actually work with that person and invest some time, effort, and money. Now I'm giving someone can hear what it's like to work with me for an hour for free by just right because someone else was willing to do that in that paradigm, even though it's not a therapy session. But I've created a way to leverage my what I'm doing and my services and create value for the for those people and for people to take a chance to hear me already and experiment experiment what it's like to work with me without working with me and then have a buy-in. You know, none of this stuff, everything you're saying doesn't surprise me, right? Like I, 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 I hear, I see what's going on with the coronavirus and everything like that. And I think there is some things that are just, you know, something crazy is happening, right? Like the, the tourism industry died and the, and the, and the bar industry is, 
you know, like whatever. And that's going to come back. But I, I think yeah. in general, this whole thing is just accelerating trends that were a long time coming, right? Like the, like you're that therapist that won't take the time to figure out how to do a zoom call with their client is, is, is a dinosaur that was going to go extinct yeah. at some point. Yeah. And, and you're a guy that as long as I've known you, I've known you're a therapist, but I know you more as an entrepreneur than as a therapist because, because of how you think of your business and, and, and the way that you're able to give advice on stuff like that, which I'm sure is what makes you so uniquely qualified to be an entrepreneur coach because you have both of those things. But you came from a, you came from like a family business and then decided that you would do something else. And then, and, and now you're really going for it, man. So I, 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 how did you figure out that this was your purpose and you were able to like set that boundary um, from who your family was and who you are and what you're supposed to be doing? So it's a really powerful journey of coming from negative stories that we carry. So my purpose came by default of what I, what I know that I didn't want to be based on a false story and judgment about what that experience would be if I became that, right? So, so you know that I, right, I live in South Florida and you're familiar with, the, with the, the mindset of a lot of South Florida people. And when I grew up as a scholarship kid, there was, you know, the has and the have nots. And I was clearly in the have not as a scholarship kid, even though I went, even though I went to a private school, but I went on full scholarship. I was very blessed by that. And I only saw that money came with cockiness and arrogance and pretentiousness and a sense of selfishness and entitlement. So my judgment of money was, if I have money, I'll be like that. Because people who have money are like that. Now, mind you, there was people who stepped in and like, you know, gave me a scholarship for that, but that came more out of the Jewish spiritual community than anything else, right? So there was a, a distinction of business, corporate, making lots of money is not, there's no, there's no sense of good for other. It's only good for self, right? And, and, that, and so what my, my therapy business for many years was informed by that. Um, and the main reason why I did not go into the family business at that time, being younger and going into graduate school was my parents' divorce from the time I was, I don't know how many years that went on. But my relationship with my father who owned the store was very minimal at that time. So there was never really that option of like, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to learn business, and I'm going to take over the family business. My brother and sister were more groomed in that. Um, and I would definitely say my brother is much more Gary V minded. Like he was that hustler selling the baseball cards and selling the concert tickets and all that stuff before the internet was really, you know, booming. Um, like as a student at UF and he's uh, seven years younger than me. And my sister was much more in that marketing world working in um, furniture. You know, she worked, you know, obviously they, they played around in the furniture store, but she worked for Fox clothing in Israel. She worked for Perry Ellis down here. Um, so she did the marketing, the branding and all that stuff. So they were very uniquely aligned to be taking over the store. And here I am, the the healer, the hippie minded, the spiritual guy. So business didn't really sync up with that until a bunch of years ago where I got introduced uh, through NET. One of my colleagues said, you have to come with me to this entrepreneur conference in Dallas. You'll love it. And the media, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a business guy. And it took him about two years to convince me to go. Um, and within four hours of being there and meeting Rick uh, Sapio, the guy who created the program, I was like, oh my God, I have it all wrong. And it was really about allowing myself to redefine what an entrepreneur means. And according to him was, Defining, defining your core values and living a life according to that with accountability. 
And that changed everything for me. So now everything has sunk back up. Now I'm coaching my family business. Now I'm coaching other family businesses. Now I'm coaching families, right? Or, or, or professionals. Um, like one of my clients is in Alaska, right? The furthest away in the country from where I can be. So I'm uniquely taking those skills as a therapist, seeing things as a system and the entrepreneurial coaching and syncing it together. And then I get to add on all the mind body stuff, which makes it a whole nother level. So it's been a journey um, that I had to reintegrate my whole identity and personality. And it's been really wonderful that I've been able to, because I feel like a much healthier human being overall. That's awesome, man. And here you sit as the wisest guy I know. So that's, that's also helps, right? Like you, you, you have such like a unique combination of professional life experience, man, that I find so fascinating. And it, and it comes across in your like old school wisdom, right? Like I'm, you, you have all these like awesome Jewish sayings where you, you know, you're like one hand in one pocket, one hand, what, what's the one, what's uh, yeah, the one yeah. the two stories in the pockets? So it's a, um, a Hasidic, second generation Hasidic rabbi um, from the, he was the grandson of the founder of, of the Hasidic movement. Um, his name was Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. So he was from Europe and very mystical, psychological dude. Um, my guess is based on his personality and studying his personality, he probably struggled with bipolar, but it was no such thing as that by that. Then uh, he was always talking about um, singing and dancing and being in states of ecstasy. Uh, and then on the other side, he was talking about his despair and depression. So, right, which, which if you're looking at it from a clinical lens is, uh, you know, it's not very much sounds like bipolar disorder. And yet he found a way to become a leader of, of a community. And not only that, but like his texts are still widely studied um, in the psychological, spiritual world of, of Judaism. So he has a teaching that the, um, a person at every time should carry two notes in their pocket. And in one note, it should say, the whole world was only created for me. And in the other pocket, the note should say, I am nothing but dust and ashes. And the true challenge of life is to know which pocket at what time to pull which note out. Amazing, man. So, so good. right? That's what it is. Do I step up and take the priority and I have no one else is going to do it but me? And this, I was uniquely positioned and the world basically all lined up for me to be able to do this right now. So I got to do it. Or check yourself before you wreck yourself as the great Nobel Prize laureate Dr. Cube once wrote, right? Excellent, man. Let me, let me ask something. In this, in this world where you are physical, meeting spiritual, meeting psychological, where does nutrition fall into all of nutrition fall into all of this? Massively, and the fact that most mental health practitioners don't address it. Or they'll say, well, or they, or they wouldn't even be a frontline assessment um, means that we're missing out a lot on the emotional and physical potential of our clients. So through um, NET specifically, even though before NET I was doing some type of integrative nutrition with a practitioner, but I never knew that I could practice all these things. That was the crazy thing for years. I mean, talk about like self-limiting beliefs based on assumptions that I couldn't do this muscle testing modality, even though I went to a chiropractor who's doing this on me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. But there was never like, I thought it was only that world, right? Or I go to this integrative nutritionist and I'm like, oh, it's only that world. And never was able to unify them together. 
So NET really helped me see that because Dr. Walker created something called the home run formula. And if you imagine uh, an infield of a baseball field, right, the diamond, whatever issue we're dealing with, whatever a client comes to me for, we're going to put that issue on the pitcher's mound and we're going to run the bases. So we're really looking at everything from a completely holistic, completely systemic dynamic. So first base would be the emotions. So it would either be talk therapy and or NET, right? That, that actual technique. Second base is what toxins are in the body that the person needs to get out of them? Or have they been exposed to chemicals, right? Food products, uh, food product preservatives, um, chemicals in shampoo, deodorant, stuff like that. Um, and we'll use homeopathic remedies to help with that. So that would be second base. Third base would actually be nutrition and nutrition deficiencies. Are they having stress handling issues because they drink a lot and it's not just the drinking, but the drinking gets uh, basically helps pull out vitamin B vitamins and vitamin B vitamins are stress handling vitamins. So we can kind of look at this whole component and then home plate would be structural. Do they need to go get a chiropractic adjustment, physical therapy, acupuncture, stuff like that? So I can assess for all of those quadrants. And sometimes when you fix one, the other ones go away. And that's the cool thing about NET and why we look at it as a home run formula that we got to touch all the bases. So if you go to a doctor, they're only hitting, well, we're going to give you medication. But why do I, why is this happening to me in the first place? We don't know. Take this pill right? You go to a nutritionist, oh, well, we're just going to change your diet, but you know, it's okay for you to still eat bread, even though you have tons of inflammation uh, and your blood test comes back that you're not celiac. Oh, well, you're fine with bread. Just don't eat so much of it. Well, no, you might have a gluten insensitivity and it might take seven to nine days to show up. So it's not going to show up on a blood test right away. And you might be, there was a story I heard years ago of a man who was growing man boobs, right? He was uh, growing breasts. I'm familiar and, with man boobs. Right? And so- couldn't figure out why. Did this thing and that thing. And then finally they found that he was using from bed, uh, not bed, bath and beyond, bath and body works. One of the, the shaving creams from bath and body works and it had phytoestrogens in it. Wow. So if you don't look at those components, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Then, then all that. I have a client that I'm seeing right now having has traumatic brain injury and is on a soy based supplement protocol from a health coach. And they have a thyroid issue. And I'm like, they're not, these health coaches aren't assessing all of that stuff because they're just selling their product. So for me as a therapist, I can help solve a lot more than what one would think because I'm asking these questions and I'm assessing these things. And then I'll send them out to a more, you know, depending on how far down the rabbit hole needs to go, I'll send them to someone who's licensed in that area. That sounds but it's massively important, massively important. Is there, I mean, you, you just mentioned, you just mentioned alcohol, right? Like all, all my friends right now that are in this like coronavirus are like super proudfully day drinking and sending stuff. What are, what are people doing wrong with their nutrition right now based on what we're going through in these like elevated levels of stress that we got going on? So for sure, we can talk about the concept of comfort foods, right? Yeah. And I would literally never, just a Chick-fil-A on the way here. Right. God bless. I'm so stressed out. Yeah. So and why is that such a comfort food? It's because it's a high fat food, Right. And there is that, that you are going to feel full. You're going to feel satiated. You're going to get the pleasure. There's a lot of taste, right? There's a lot of taste in those type of foods. So that makes you feel better, right? That gets, that triggers dopamine and serotonin and all those different things. But the downside is, is what's going on in your gut. And your gut does control, you know, your, between your gut and your brain is really the biggest pathway to emotions, 
And what you eat does affect your emotionality. What you eat does affect how you feel. What you eat affects everything. So for the people who are day drinking every day, number one, according to all research that's out there, any extra contamination that you're putting in your body is going to still put you at higher risk. God forbid if someone gets this virus or any other virus, but specifically right now, right? The people who, yeah, I'm always a fan of doing more than what you've done, right? The person who went from a cigarette to a vape, you still shouldn't vape, but if, you're, if your goal is to eventually get off, you know, vaping, now's the time to do it. If, you know, you can order from home, Whole Foods, right? You just take that extra step. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but what's the simplest next step to take? The people who are drinking every day, you're doing yourself undue damage. And here's the other question I always ask. Short of people who have history of family alcoholism, I don't know, and then researchers don't know, what it takes for that gene to turn on. So I'm not saying that as a scare tactic, but we're under undue stress. Your brain and your body is not working maybe as best as it can because we're in this constant state of fight or flight right now. We don't know what will turn on a gene expression that wasn't there before because stress was 80% less than it is now. It was already at 100% capacity beforehand. Yeah, wow. That makes a lot of sense, man. So I would definitely, listen, enjoy your wine after work. Enjoy your scotch. Enjoy your mixed drink. But I wouldn't necessarily go five, six in and, you know, because that will trigger something down the road and patterns become patterns. Wow. Okay, cool, man. Great, great feedback. Jason, I love your podcast, right? Like, you know, you know, I love your podcast. It's the You Winning Life podcast. I think it's awesome. I think it's unique that you as a therapist and as an entrepreneur, you know, like you, you have a podcast. What are your, why do you do it? Like what's, you know, what are your, what are you, what are you trying to do with that thing? So I never thought I'd be that guy. I am, when I was younger, I thought I was a massive introvert. I would rather fail a public speaking presentation in class than, than actually do it. Over the years, I've evolved and I'm realizing that the information I'm sharing with my clients and the work I'm doing with my clients is universal information. And I'm finding that I'm constantly going back to four pillars of what I personally believe is what what drives a successful life. And that's the world of psychology, the world of spirituality. And when people are like, oh, what, what, do you mean religion? I'm like, no, no, spirituality as it means to you, right? Spirituality can be religion. Spirituality can be spiritual. Religion can be unspiritual, right? And, and spirituality can be unreligious. So it's, it's as it means to that person, but I'm trying to bring in from the more psycho-spiritual perspective um, about how it influences how we feel and how we think in our community connection and right, all those bigger purpose-based things. So we have psychology, we have spirituality, we have natural, uh, natural and alternative wellness and natural and alternative medicine and entrepreneurship. So I really do believe that those are the four things I talk about pretty much every single day in my practice and to not share what I'm sharing consistently over and over again with my practice with the world would probably be doing a disadvantage to everybody. And if I can save people from spending money by going somewhere else and they can get it for free, why not, you know? So that's been the main purpose for it. I love it, man. I love the idea that, you know, I'm a big believer in content for good, right? Like I think the, the internet is basically the, the manifestation of our spiritual consciousness, the closest mm-hmm. thing we've had in a tangible way. So like, if that's, if that's out there, man, then you, you gotta be, you, you gotta be adding to it. You can't be taken away from it 
and to not be participating in it is taken away from it because everybody has something to put out there, man. So I love that you are using that as a tool to, yeah. to continue to help people. Man. Yeah, it is the matrix, right? And, and I know that's like, you know, you are the way that you bring things to the table, right? That everything is about the connection and everything, right? You're creating a community. And, and at the end of the day, like-minded are always going to work with like-minded. And I think that's one of the one of the many things that you and I have in common besides our awesome taste in music. And, um, and now my absolute love for arepas. And <laughs> <laughs> so homemade only. So none of this frozen store-bought stuff. So I think that like this idea of connection and that you don't need to have, you don't need to hire that person. You don't need to know that person personally in order to get their value and their wisdom. And I think that's the beauty of, social media and the internet. I mean, there was something I sent you um, last night or this morning, uh, a Gary V clip. And, and it's like, it's so good. It was so salient for what's going on in the world. And, and it's just like, you know, people may not like his personality style, but as a therapist, like everything I hear is so to speak truth. And the guy's not a therapist. He's a Russian immigrant who helped build up his family business. And now as a, you know, so there's so much free, wonderful value out there that people aren't tapping into, especially podcasts, that they can get so much more and build their life in such a healthier, wonderful way. And that's how we met. That's how our community, right? That's how you met Ina and that's my Ali, right? Uh, right, Ali and, and everybody, right? And Jeremy and right, everybody that was with us um, and Crystal for the weekend. It's only because we met through social media. And in person because of that. Well, well, let's let's get to that, right? Like, I, yeah. I like to break down how I've met everybody and, and why we think. How did we meet? Tell the story. So we met through a mutual friend, Mike Fakara, who I met online, um, and we met at a Gary V. Tony Robbins all day, you know, one of those seminars. Um, and we finally met in person there. Mike had become a very good friend and a trusted uh, colleague, and uh, he introduced us. He's like, "Oh, you're going to this conference," and. Uh, we, we, we met the night before, uh, which was where we met Roman and where we met Jeremy and where we met all this really awesome group of people. Um, and, and it's been an insane, insane, amazing friendship since then. And um, it's, you know, knowing and learning your story and learning about your family and the stuff that you guys have gone through um, and being able to be not only a friend, but be witness to the growth and, and the successes is, is really, really cool. Because that's, how do I say this? That makes every crappy thing that I went through worth it to connect with other people who are like, nope, I'm not going to be a victim. That's awesome. And, right? And, and, and that's why I think you and I are doing what we're doing in our own ways. That feels great to hear, bro. I, I, have, to, I have to correct, right? Because... <laughs> because I, I am trying to like teach people the, all the different ways that you can meet somebody. Right. So uh-huh. you met Mike online, right? What, what, uh-huh. like in a Facebook group or something? We met, um, I think it might've been in one of the 10 X okay. groups, okay. right. Through the 10 X circles. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then I think Mike, right. Mike made a fa- an introduction. And then he started like a, I met him at a, t- at the 10 X conference. Well, I met him through the BYLR Facebook group, right? Got like he, which he, I he, wasn't in yet. You weren't in yet. But, he I, but he was talking about this guy, Jesse Itzler, who created yeah. this little thing. And he showed me the first handbook that they did. And I'm like, eh, nothing so crazy. I could do that. I do that stuff with my clients already. Not knowing, 
I thought this guy, Jesse Itzler, was just some life coach from somewhere and whatever. I didn't know the story, right? And I'm like, all right, whatever, some dude, you know? And then finally, I heard Jesse and Sarah Sarah speak at the 10X in Miami two years ago. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. This guy's a man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man. So, so I meet, so I see, so Mike gets pulled on one of Jesse's calls at that time. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to the 10X conference. I was like, Oh, I'm going to the 10X. So I reached out to him and I meet him at 10X. And then like a month later, he puts me in some like, like for like group on Instagram DM, which is where you were. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Didn't really reach out to connect you at that point. But then we're going to PodFest. So no, it was podcast movement in Orlando. Uh-huh. I put in that group. Is anybody else going to that? You were going to that. So we're just like, all right, let's meet up. So I had like, I put out like a, like an APB bat signal in like the podcast at, in the podcast movement app. Like, Hey guys, anybody that wants to like meet up the night before meet me at the bar. And I'm like, dude, we're going to this thing. And you're like driving up be like, dude, I don't know if I want to go to this. Right, right. <laughs> or they going to charge me to park. The parking right? charge yeah. <laughs> for, for an hour. Is it going to be worth it? Right. That was the funny thing because like that hotel, like they saw they, right, the price. It was so expensive to stay at that hotel. And now I'm a big fan of staying where we're staying at the conferences, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my mindset has shifted and evolved, even though that was a summer ago. But, um, you know, I was like, I'd much rather be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it than like have to pay this over high price. So like when I reached out, when I said to him, like, oh, I don't know how much is parking and are they going to screw us on parking? Whatever it was, right. These are those limited blocks that we all carry. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and the great thing is like when you were giving me this really beautiful compliment before, and I'm like, yeah, but I also have all this stuff to work on. And I love the fact that like, I have really good friends like you. And like I had a conversation with Mike a few weeks ago. He's like, you're the perfect person for me to discuss this with because I already know what your rebuttals are going to be. <laughs> You're going to be looking at X, Y, and Z. I'm like, yes, but do you, he's like, no, no, I get your story. I understand why. And I'm like, yes. And I'm working on it because I'm conscious about it now. Yeah. Cause I know how many things I missed out on because I'm like cost versus value. Makes sense, man. Makes right? perfect sense. And, and that's something that I now bring to my clients. So yeah, yeah. but it's and, a funny story. And in a very real tip, right? Like, and I talk about this in my networking tips, so like how you show up thing, right? Like the, mm-hmm. like, how, who are you when you pick up the phone? Like, are you like, huh, huh? or are you like, Hey, hello. You know, like it makes a really yeah. big difference in impression and meeting you complaining about parking. I was like, eh, I don't know if I made a mistake with this dude. Right. <laughs> like, but then you shut up and you're into ska yeah. and, and you know, all this stuff. Like we ended up getting along. You have, you're hilarious. Right. Like we hung out the next three days and to- to- totally hanging out. Right. And, and that's and what we all do in our self-limiting, self-sabotaging stuff yep. and what we project out there and why since then, how much of my work has been with myself and my clients about what's the brand you're projecting when it comes even to your relationships, especially to your relationships, right? For your, whether you're married or you're dating, whatever it may be. So the more conscious I become, the more I unpackage and a lot of it's using NET. Uh, as a client with my colleagues to work out my own stuff and the coaching and unpackaging old, old stories and old beliefs, the much better version of me I'm becoming. So, you know, going back to that story of the, of my friend whose therapist isn't doing the, I'm like, it's fine. First of all, like one, it's, it's a, within 15, 20 minutes, you can figure out this technology. Number two, they're like, Oh, well, we're not, I don't think your insurance is covering it. I'm like, are they hiding under a rock? Like everything has been waived. HIPAA has been waived. All these things have been waived. And that person can call your insurance in five minutes and find out if you're covered for telehealth or client, you pick up the phone and you call 
and ask. Don't trust someone else to say, oh, that's not covered. You need to be an informed consumer. And I think that's what I really impress upon my clients. And I don't have all the answers, right? You gave me this, be like, oh, you're one of the smartest guys. I know I'm not. I My whole story, right? I, I know you're, you're saying that from, from you know, out of love. No, I, I was just going to correct. Wisest. That's different. Wisest. Sorry, sorry. Wisest. Right, right. So, so sorry. See, <laughs> definitely not the smartest if I didn't hear you correctly. So, but I think at 41, I know my, my crap. And I think that's the advantage I have. I know my shtick. I know where I'm limiting myself and I'm open to doing the work and having people in my life calling me out on that. And that's the true accountability. Accountability is like, no, I'm not going to text you at 7 a.m. to wake up. It's being vulnerable enough, going back to the first part of our conversation, of saying, I'm not going to take what you're saying about me personally because you're coming from a place of the you in general of wanting, of knowing what my potential is. Cause I'm, I can't see my picture when I'm stuck in the frame, but you can see what's wonderful about me. And that's what I try to bring my clients. Like you can't see your wonderfulness when you're talking crap about yourself or whatever you're going through. So I think that vulnerability component of being 41 and saying, I am so far from perfect. And here's how I'm packaging my story and I'll share and I'll be vulnerable without that with my clients. I'm not here to be perfect for you. I'm not here to be the expert for you. I'm here to say I can see it uniquely from my vantage point. And I think that's really where you, right, especially when it comes to social media, but especially when it comes to connecting and networking and building relationships, you have a unique lock on that because that, right, whether it came organic to you, and I know you've been practicing on it over the years, but you are really shining in that department. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I love it, right? Like I'm I'm like listening to this. I'm like, man, this is sounding as good as a Jew Winning Life podcast. This is great. <laughs> I'm super happy with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of being able to see your own frame, right? Hello. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's uh, so weird for me to hear that when I have people come like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not searching. I'm not doing it for the accolades, but I remember like when I was on iTunes about a month ago and it says people who are looking, uh, other suggested podcasts were Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. And I'm like, that's cool. That's like completely not in my realm of like, I'm just this guy in this back office therapy here in South Florida. Like, you know, I'm not these guys, but like-minded suggestions or whatever. So I'm like, great. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Good company, bro. Yeah. All right, man. You ready for the lightning round part? I'm ready for the lightning round. Bam, 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 bam. Do it. All right. What is your favorite restaurant in your favorite city and what dish do you like to get there? Wow. Okay. So that threw me for a curve. So my favorite restaurant in my favorite city. Oh. So there is a Indian restaurant. They happen to have it here, Orlando. And I know there's one somewhere else in the South, but it's called Woodlands. And they really do make an incredible uh, vegetable korma. Vegetable korma and yeah, really Woodlands. awesome. I would love Indian vegetarian food. Me too. Me too. That's ah, a great right? tip. Where so, when you when you say here, because you always tell people you're from Miami, but you're not. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Where like what what city is that that restaurant? So that's in uh, I would say Lauderdale Lakes. So okay, um, out some, yeah, northwest Fort Lauderdale area. Okay. Uh, let me let my dog out one second. He's sure. sitting there freaking snarling. Can you hear him? Yeah, yeah, it's, cool. right. it's not bothering me, but yeah, it's cool. How's old bacon there snarling in the background? <laughs> it's all good. All right, next question. Yep. 
what content are you most into right now? Like it could be a book, it could be a podcast, it could be a person, it could be an Instagram account, it could be a, a TV show. So until about five days ago, I was absorbing TikTok content. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and then I realized that I'm not creating, I'm just absorbing. And I'm watching the same thing over and over again. And when I started having certain songs in my mind, that would not be in my repertoire or have no relevance to get me to do anything purposeful was when the time when I'm like, all right, I'm deleting the app, right? My intention was to create and sit down with, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where you ha- I had to make an executive decision of, it's just not going to be a platform right now that I'm going to be on. And I know right now it's the beginning, right? It's the beginning of it. So people, early adopters will get onto it. Um, but it's just, I think not being on it observing what's out there, seeing where it's going. And I know there are therapists that are on it. It's not really, I don't know. So I think that's kind of like, I absorbed it intensely for about a month. And then I'm like, okay, I got to put it aside and I'll probably come back. But right now I got to focus on a little bit different of, of tangible practical Interesting. things. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, oh, do you want to dance? <laughs> Is that the song? Wow. <laughs> you can really dance. You can really dance. All right, cool. What, is something that you were sure about in your 20s that you no longer believe? So I was in my 20s, I was sure about the fact that it's probably better to not live with someone before you were married. And now at this point, doing X amount of more years of therapy, for myself, but also X amount of, you know, thousands of more sessions a year for clients. And maybe I'm not so sold on, on that. And that when it comes to long-term relationships and, and definition and titles of relationships, it's very flexible. Um, now, without disrespecting any specific spiritual or religious communities, right? Those the communities are always going to do what they're going to do. Right. But I think that there is much more room for creating different styles of healthy relationships in ways that maybe 20 years ago weren't as traditionally accepted, such as living together before uh, marriage, or even maybe even living together before full engagement or, you know, lifelong commitment. Interesting. That's a good, uh, that's good, man. That's good and vulnerable piece of realization there. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Or, or is there a piece of a great piece of advice you'd like to give? So one of my um, two go-tos that I think really frame a lot of the work that I do both personally and professionally is never solve a problem from a place that feels like crap. Mm. So I call it the Tarzan theory and, and it's not Tarzan swinging from vine to vine, although that gets into the second part, which is the pivot, right? You always have to jump to the next thing. But the first step of is really like, you know, what did everybody always get stuck in? in the Tarzan episodes. In the quicksand? The quicksand. And what happens when someone tries to move in quicksand? You go deeper. Right. So never solve a problem from a place that feels like crap. So that's, that's number one. And number two comes from Buddhism. And it's the idea of suffering and pain and that we create it. And the reason why we create our suffering and pain is because we believe in spe- that specific expectations. We, we have specific expectations about outcomes, about how we think they should be. 
And 99% of the time, it's never going to turn out that way. So when we hold on to that idea of how it should, how it should be, how it needs to be, how I want it to be, we are the ones causing ourselves to suffer. So the more we can let go of those have tos, need to, expect to, mm. I should, I must, then we're so going to have let, a lot more freedom. So it's let go of expectation type of thing? Letting go of expectations, the way that people talk about letting go of expectations, like, well, just don't expect anything and whatever. And, that, and I feel like that's very aimless. You can be completely intentional, but you know, they really talk about non-attached. But to be non-attached, you have to let go of your pre-assumption about how it should be in the first place. Interesting. That's good, man. And I love that. Never solve a problem from a place that feels like crap. That is, uh, I'm going to make a quote card for you for that one. <laughs> Sweet. And we're coming up on the last question here. But before that, right, like I want to recommend everybody to check out the You Winning Life podcast. It's awesome. Your IG is Jason Wasser LMFT. It's going to be linked in the show notes. Facebook going to be linked in the show notes. Also, Jason Wasser LMFT. Jason, what do you want to call attention to? What do you, you know, how do people reach out to you? Like, who do you want, who do you want to connect to? Yeah. So I think that if you are a young professional or a business owner or working in a business and you're at the place where you're ready to go and invest in yourself in a way that's meaningful and purposeful and you want to fast track success and not sit there for weeks, months, and years uh, to get to where you want to go. I think that's uniquely where I can be of help to you, um, specifically, right? If, especially if you're in a family business, but even if you're a young professional post-college, getting life together, figuring out dating and relationships and what really I'm in this field and I'm not sure if I love it or I have this career and I'm not sure if I love it, those type of things. Um, but I want to make sure that people have the resources that if you are listening to this podcast, you probably have access to a neuroemotional technique practitioner somewhere near you. There are thousands of certified practitioners all over the world. Um, so if you want to find someone, if you're not in South Florida, uh, I would recommend going to netmindbody.com and you can uh, look at the practitioner look up there. There's also the first aid stress tool uh, will be on the website. But even more cool is the documentary that was created um, to talk about the research that we've done with PTSD and, and, and cancer and how within three to five sessions, the brain uh, literally has changed. They have imaging of brain imaging that the brain has changed in response to the trauma, but also the emotional response to it. And if you go on YouTube um, and type in stressed documentary, uh, that that recently got put up about a week ago on there. Um, awesome. And, and then my website is thefamilyroomsfl.com. Thefamilyroomsfl.com. All it. right. All of this going to be put in the show notes. Sweet. Jason, last question is, where do you find community? Going back to our technology conversation that community, I believe, is like-minded people doing like-minded things. So for me, I may have multiple communities. And my, 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 I can tell you what my wish is for what my definition of community is, is that there's so much overlap in my various communities that I'm going to start seeing people show up from one and the other. That's my, that's my wish, right? And I'm starting to find a little bit more of that as I as I, as I, as I personally grow, but I'm also okay when it's not. So I'm okay having my podcaster community. I'm okay having my entrepreneur community, my alternative natural medicine community. It's even amazing when they all come together as one. 
Um, but knowing that I'm, I and all of us are uniquely positioned in multiple places in our life, right? We're not just one thing. Um, I think that we can identify that community can mean multiple things at multiple times. Awesome, man. Yeah. Jay, I want to acknowledge you, man. I've been, uh, I've been a fan of yours since I met you. Uh, I know that this has been a very flattering interview for you because I think very highly of you, man, but I, I, I just got to say it, right? Like I think your, your easygoingness, how much you care about people is very, you know, you can feel it. Your spirituality is very deep and that, and, and you can very much feel it. And, uh, you've been a really, really positive influence in my life, man. So I'm, I'm happy that you took the time to share your goodness with, um, our friend that's listening right now. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm just happy we became friends at, at podcast movement and that we're going to continue to be friends for a long time. Buddy. Yeah. It's, um, it's been an incredible, incredible gift to have you in my life. And, um, as I'm getting choked up, you know, um, thank you. You know, there's, there's no words. And I know we've shared some very deep moments together. Um, so, and I, and I very much look forward to once we're all back in person again, but you know, again, technology and connection, right. We can do this here and we can share that with other people. So that's a big blessing too. So thank you for spending the time with me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as I did. Listen, connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick me up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that I've done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference Or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it. I really hope you stick around, connect with me, and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place. I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. Mm -hmm.